Hi, it's Peter Wright in Ontario, Canada with episode number 32 of the Yacking Podcast where we talk about life, business and more and we bring you tips and ideas for a changing world and we're living in a very changing world at the moment. Unfortunately, Kathleen can't be with us today. She gives her apologies. She had a last minute emergency she had to attend to. Nothing serious at all. Nothing to worry about. So it's just me. And as always, a very interesting guest. And it's my pleasure to introduce Mark Hultgren. And Mark, tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, uh, my trade or profession is civil design. I design roads, bridges, utilities, everything you don't see or you drive on. (laughs) I've worked on some large projects, uh, 24,000-acre development on the west side of Las Vegas, Nevada. It's called Summerlin. That was five and a half years of my life. Um, I've done small towns, uh, you know, Utility systems, water treatment plants, um, you know, and when the economic downturn hit in early 2000s, I did some spot jobs as a designer, but it was hard to stay, you know, employed full time. So I started breaking into web design and learning HTML and CSS and PHP. And so I used Lisp programming, lost in stupid parentheses, as the coders like to call it, which is what a lot of uh, commands in AutoCAD and Civil 3D run run Lisp routines. So it was, you know, really pretty easy to step over from Lisp into PHP and HTML, the tags, which led to XML, you know, so the coding, I've been working with computers since 1981, you know, almost 40 years. Yeah. And I really got tired of seeing people getting raked over the coals for the and getting gouged to to have somebody build them a website. Right. You know, there's so many programs out there, WordPress, Joomla, Drupal, that are free open source code and they're not that difficult to learn, you know. Um what was it? I think it was early 2010, 2011, somewhere around in there. I created a membership. It was a network blog, what they now call PBL or P, PBNs, private blog networks. Mm-hmm. But it was a membership where each member had their own blog on a keyword specific domain name okay. you know like small pro, smallplotgardens.com mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. you know and 
each sub blog in there was something about gardens. Right. You know, and it gave me a chance to teach the users how to use WordPress, how to deal with with plugins, themes, how to manipulate them, massage them to get them to look just the way they wanted it. You know, and um, Chuck was Bartok was yep. one of the first people that got together with me. That was back when he was starting off beginner's marketing class. Okay. Way back. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, um, but eventually that membership dropped off because everybody got so comfortable with WordPress that they put their own site up. Right, so right. I said, okay, well, I'll sell hosting and domains. So it was just a nice segue into that. Sure, sure, sure. And, you know, now I've got, what, 80 people with their websites hosted on my cloud server and through Amazon. Yep. S3 and EC2. Um, You know, and I provide a, I provide the maintenance. I do their updates. I do the security. I do the backups. So, you know, they can focus on their blog and not keeping it safe. And, oh, man, I got to update this plugin. I just got to notice that, you know, it needs updating. Well, I do that all on the background forum. Wow, that's that's really good because that takes time. I I have about nine websites of my own and one or two partners, and I do all that updating and uh, checking plugins and this and that and themes. And it, it takes a bit of time to keep track of all that, you know. And you you can't just go in and update a plugin, no, because you know sometimes WordPress gets updated and the plugin doesn't. Yep. Or the plugin gets updated and WordPress isn't. WordPress doesn't. Yeah. You know so. Each one of these sites has its own staging area. That's right. <clears throat> so I, good. I have to test it on the staging and then go through and, well, did it break anything? No, yes, maybe. <laughs> and yeah. if it doesn't, then push it to the live site. Right. Going back to your, your design side, before we get further into down the, the website route, because I've got a few questions for you there. Uh, how did you first get into design? Was this an interest at school? Did you do some sort of design work at school? or um, I've always had an artistic, you know, flair. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, you know, when I, I went in the Navy, and one of my friends in the Navy was a cartographer. Ah, okay. And that's how I got exposed to it. Mm-hmm. And that was back in the old days with ink on mylar and right. ink on starched linen. Yep. And, you know, when I got out, I said, I went to college and I said, well, I'm going to de- declare two majors, accounting and architecture. Right. Well, after the first quarter, I dropped the accounting. I like numbers, but it, I can't sit there and write numbers all no. day. <laughs> But, and I switched the accounting over to engineering because I found out the architects make the building look good, but the engineers make it work. Make it work. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 
So here's a question for you, and I'm thinking of our younger viewers and um, listeners in our audience, uh, and something that's I've had feedback from my sons who are now in their 40s. Like you, I did military service uh, soon after leaving school. Before I really, I had a passion for farming, but before I really knew what I wanted to do, and and I found that 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 gap, for want of a better term, and that exposure to the harsh realities of the world by doing military service certainly crystallized my thinking. And when I came out, I put my head down and started working much harder than I might have done otherwise. So did you have something similar in your experience? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when I went in the Navy, and then I, when I got out of the Navy, that's when I went to school. Right. But for two years after I got out of the Navy, I drove truck cross country. Okay. You know, I, I wanted to still had some, I don't know, freedom, gypsy blood in me or something. I don't know, <laughs> but you know, I wanted to take my time and realize what it, figure out what it is I wanted mm -hmm. to do. And then I went to school and I got my associates I said, well, before I invest, you know, four, five years of my life in education, I'm going to make sure that this is what I want to do. What you want to do. Sure, sure, sure. So I went to work for a structural engineer. And at that time, the state of Nevada would have allowed me to work for four years with my associates and take the EIT, engineer uh -huh. training. Right. Well three and a half years into that four years, they changed the law. Ah. <laughs> Nobody takes the EIT without a bachelor's. Oh, no. Well, they told me that, you know, I was just outside of the grandfather yeah. time limit. And I said, okay, now what am I going to do? You know, I've been drafting and it, designing for three and a half yes. years yeah. plus the school. And that's when CAD started coming on okay so i started with a mainframe you know on a on a dumb terminal a box right. backs and did calculations that way where you punch in your numbers and digitize everything and then send it off and come back the next day and see what it looked like right <laughs> yeah and hope it's right <laughs> and then shortly after that Civil or Autodesk came out with their software, and then DCA, and yep. then Softdesk, and then Land Desktop, and now Civil 3D. And you know, I've worked with Bentley and MicroStation, Inroads, Geopack, but I always keep going back to Civil 3D. Right. It, right. To me, it's just more functional. Mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and user friendly right right yeah I, I i'm not familiar with that field at all and um but i also started down the accounting road and took uh, well i took some bookkeeping diploma courses although i was in sales at the time but i found just like you're saying with accounting softwares that um I've been through a whole lot of different variants and I find one of the best I've ever used was a South African one when I lived in Africa called Pastel, which to me was, was brilliant and uh, far easier and quicker to, for me to do my books with for both my corporation and myself than some of the more modern ones. So yeah, I, I got to share some history or ask you for history. You, you were talking about computers since the eighties, which was the, 
still in the um, mainframe era and uh, I know that South Africa was obviously a year or so behind North America in developments. I, the, I was working for a big corporation at the time and I got the first ever IBM PC on my desk as a manager in that that was that must have been in about the mid eighties, and it it was the not even stiffy discs; it was the floppy disk. Um, yeah, the big right. five and a quarter floppies. That's right. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> and I mean it could it could do way less than my telephone can do now, but this was state yeah. of the art stuff. And uh, then when I left and started my own business, I got a two eight six and a printer, and that cost me then the equivalent of 5,000 US dollars. So that would be yeah. like, I guess, 100,000 bucks nowadays, you know. And uh, and that was state-of-the-art. And then I graduated up to, I think, to a 386 or something. Uh, but before I came to Canada in the early 2000s, I had not been on the internet or sent an email because our internet was so bad where I was farming then in Africa. We just didn't have internet. So it was all foreign to me when I came to oh. Canada in, in 2003. Yeah. Anyway, it's amazing how quickly uh, technology advances, though, isn't it? It's it's just phenomenal. Yep. The software does a 180 every 18 months. Yep. And the hardware, you've got to replace that usually every two years maximum. Right. You know, yeah. just to keep up with the software. That's right. I know. It's unbelievable. Where, where's it going? You know, I, I have a – it's obviously because of phones being so powerful, we could miniaturize our computers, desktop and laptop, except for the screen. Uh, what's the what's the big development that's going to come on, on screen? Is it going to be a hologram? Is it going to be a yep. foldable screen? Hologram. So you can just project onto a wall or in the air yeah, or with, something. With the 5G, yeah. you, know, you won't have to worry about the bandwidth. Yeah. So it'll be able to do a, a projection. We'll have wall-sized viewers. Right. You, know, you just point it t- towards a light-colored wall. and There you go. So that's know, they've be... already got those out for yep. keyboards and mice. You know, you, I'm sure you've seen those the three little tripod that you stand up and it projects a keyboard down on your desktop. No, I haven't seen that. I must confess. Wow. wow. And it won't be long. Screens will be the same way. Yeah. Now, you, you mentioned 5G. I'm going to ask you this one. I was watching a video the other day, and uh, it was in, uh, was it in Denver? One of the cities where they first put the towers in. And the guy that was doing it said it's it's perfect when I'm standing under the tower. And he downloaded the, the full-length Gone with the Wind movie in, in no time at all. But he went 60 paces away into a coffee shop, and, could, and 5G didn't work. It just reverted to 4G. So it, was he just making a mountain out of a molehill or is that a real problem at this stage? Um, right now, 5G is still in its infancy mm-hmm. because say you're sitting right under a 5G antenna yeah, and you're outside of the building, you've got great reception. Right. You step inside the building behind a glass w- window and your reception drops off. Right. Okay. Okay. You know, it, it's such a short wave frequency right. that it can't get through objects. Okay. Like the longer waves do. So how do they get around that one? There's a couple companies out there that are working on, I'm not sure exactly how to say it, but it, 
it will transform the, the waveform uh, for a short okay. distance okay. to get through that structure. Okay. And then okay. it'll go back to the short I'm waveform. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, when I was in Africa, we relied on two-way radios a lot um, for communication because there was uh, landlines didn't work. We didn't have very good cell mobile coverage, and we had radio repeaters up on on uh, mountaintops or hills yep. to get distance. And they had the incoming frequency was whatever our, our frequency we dialed in, and then the receiving and transmitting components of the repeater worked on a different frequency to get that across. So I guess that's a uh, that's been done in old technology too. Interesting, yeah. very interesting. I'm I'm jumping around a bit, I'm, but I'm sure all of this will be interesting for our viewers and listeners. Uh, when I was on your website, um, a couple of your products that you sell in, caught my eye, and I don't know them. And it was Cool 3D and Media Studio Pro 8. What, what do those do? Um, call 3D. You sure it wasn't Civil 3D? No, it said cool. See my my accent. Sorry, cool. C O O L three D. Oh, cool three D. That's a a software for similar to Maya or Autodesk's uh, character generator. Ah, uh, okay. You know, it it allows you to create three D models. Right, I'm with you. I'm with you. Know, you. Stretch and pull shapes to get the figure that you want. Ah, uh, okay. Both okay. of those are rather old. I'm uh -huh. sure that there's newer versions out, but I think I put those up, oh, four years ago? Oh, three years okay. ago. Okay, okay. You know, I've, I've focused more on actually presenting my services and products on my website. Right. Um, like when you go to my website, you'll notice the two little icons down in the lower right corner. One is a chat, a chat yes, bot. I saw that. Yeah, good one. Yeah. And the other is the call widget where you can fill in your phone number and hit call me. And it sends a message to my phone. All I've got to do is press one to call you back. That's clever. That's clever. That's clever. And if it's outside of office hours, you can schedule when you would like me to call you. Uh, very good. Very good. <coughs> Hannah, no. Sorry about the dogs. No, that's fine. Don't worry. I, I love I dogs. Two big dogs. <laughs> what, what breeds have you got? One's a Great Dane. The other's a Yellow Lab. Oh, nice, nice, nice. Yeah, for the for the last few years, for the first time since virtually I was three years old, I've been without a dog. And um, my lady who I live with, has she's a cat person. We have eight cats. And uh, oh. <laughs> I, I did have a dog who came in when we only had six cats as a pup and got used to them, and he was fine. And he got sick. He, he got to about 12, and he had to be put down. And with eight cats already resident, there's just no way I can bring another dog no. in. You know, so. <laughs> and also, we live on a farm, but we're not that far from a busy road, and we're not fenced. So I was lucky with the first one. He didn't go near the road, but yeah. I might not be so lucky with another one. I don't want to take a chance. You know, On my farm, I had six dogs back in Africa, and oh. uh, two big, two medium, two small. Uh, the two small lived in the house at night. The big ones, the medium ones were in the house. The big ones slept on the veranda. But um, we had major security issues, so 
it was a Rottweiler and a Mastiff cross Shepherd, and then two medium sized and two small. So it was a good a good defense mechanism. <laughs> yeah. Well, the bark that you keep hearing that's my lab. Okay. She's a trained guard dog. So very good. Yeah. I once upon a time I had a uh, golden retriever when I lived in South Africa. Uh, a very gentle dog, but it's the only one of I've probably owned 20, 25 dogs in my life. The only one that ever bit me because she was fighting with a Rottweiler and I got my hands on both their necks and pulled them apart. And my hand on her slipped and she went for the Rottweiler and put her big canine right through the back of my hand. Ouch. (laughs) Um, They both needed stitches in ears. I took them off to the vet and my hand was bleeding. I said, you know, can you sort me out as well? He said, I could, but I'd better not. (laughs) Didn't want to stitch my hand. (laughs) He was worried about uh, his license. <laughs> Have you always had dogs? Um, no, there was about 10 years that I didn't. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I had one that I was really attached to, and it took me a long time to get over it. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they, they're like kids. Yeah, yeah. You know, and my wife and I are both empty nesters, so they... Hannah and Holly, or Hannah and Libby are our kids now. You kids, yeah. And it's one of the penalties, you know, for all the good and love that, of, that pets give us. They don't live as long as us. It's just one of oh. those things, and it, it's sad. So tell me, Mark, do you, do you work from home? Or you work in a you work in an office building? Both. Both. Okay, that's nice. Yeah, I, I probably work 65, 70 hours a week. Mm-hmm. You know, it, I work full-time 40 hours for an engineering firm here in Indy, Indianapolis. Yeah, okay. Plus, I do my website and all that stuff early in the morning. I wake up at 4, 4.30 every morning. and I'm usually in bed by 9.30 or 10. Right. You know, comes from being raised in country like what you see behind me. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at that. Now, where where is that? That's Nevada that's, that I'm looking at. That's Monument Valley. Okay. You know, it's in, uh, what, north, eastern New Mexico, southwestern, uh, southeastern Utah, that area. That area, yeah, yeah. Down in I, the Four Corners area is what I'm they call with you. that. Yeah, I, I haven't been to that part of the world at all. I'd love to. But um, now I see a herd of cattle behind you in that, in that yep. photograph. Uh, and the grass doesn't look too bad. Is is it very arid, or is it, do you get a bit of rain there? This picture is taken high enough where there's usually pretty good grass. You know, Monument Valley, the elevations vary from five thousand feet to you know two thousand. Right. So you've got about wow. three thousand feet of rain, elevation range there. Big variation. Yeah. Uh, so. Up in the higher elevations, you've got good grass. A lot of it's sawgrass, mm-hmm. you know, which is hard for the cattle to digest, but at least it gives them something to eat. Sure. You know, and there's a lot of ranchers that, you know, grow hay and alfalfa down there. So, you know, you'll go through a lot of it in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sure you would. And uh, do you get snow there in winter? Yes. You do, eh? Yeah, uh, I, looks... I used to live down in the southwestern corner of Colorado. Mm-hmm. 
outside of Durango. I used to tell people I live 30 miles west and 2,000 feet above Durango. <laughs> really? Yeah, it's 7,000 feet, 7,200 wow. feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can remember going to bed at night, 9 o'clock, just starting to snow. There was no snow on the ground. And at that time, I had a Ford F-250, three-quarter yep. ton, four by four. When I woke up at six in the morning, I could not find my truck. Really? Totally covered in snow. that deep. Wow, wow, wow. That is something, yeah. <laughs> we got wow. five foot of snow in like 12 hours or eight wow. hours. Wow, 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 wow. Wow, that is amazing. I, I'm in southwest Ontario, and... Uh, I had seen snow in the mountains in South Africa and I saw a foot of snow in South Africa once. And even in Johannesburg, twice when I lived near there, we had very light dustings of snow. But the most I've seen here in, in uh, 24 hours is probably two feet. That's, and, yeah. and that, that was a lot. You know, and it was uh, quite, a, quite amazing. Wow, that's interesting. We had um, a horse lady from near Denver on, on our call earlier this week. And she's at uh, almost 6,000 feet where she lives. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And uh, our farm in uh, in Zimbabwe was on the highlands there, and we were five thousand six hundred feet above sea level there. So, yeah, yep. um, I've I've lived at high altitude for a lot of my life too. And and come down to the lowlands, and you got to cut the air with a knife because you can't well, breathe and, it. <laughs> and here, right now, we're sitting. I looked at the thermometer just now. We're eighty-five degrees, which is quite warm for us. It's going to be hotter tomorrow, but it's humid. So I find yep. this this heat. I've I've survived in 110, 115 in the military in in uh, Rhodesia as it was in the Zambezi Valley, but dry and it, it wasn't too serious. But this humidity is a killer. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to try and work. And, and we yeah, are here. I think sure. we're six hundred feet only here. You know. But anyway, I'm not complaining. At least I've got no one uh, trying to kill me here, so it's it's a little safer. <laughs> <laughs> not dodging bullets anymore. <laughs> no, no. So, so mainly you're interested in people that are looking for hosting, um, assistance with their web operation, uh, and who want to learn design work. Is that correct? Yes, but I also existing websites. I do reputation marketing, not reputation management, mm -hmm. reputation marketing. Marketing, okay. Um, I go through and do a citation analysis, you know, all the different citations, websites, right. Yelp, yep. Google, all that. Yep. Um, one of the big uh, bugaboos that a lot of people aren't aware of is if, say on Yelp, I've got Indianapolis, comma, IN, space, 46038. And on Google My Business, I've got Indianapolis, comma, Indiana. Ah, right. Those are two different listings. Two different listings, so, correct. You know, just a little thing like that, Instead of getting the juice, the link juice from both of them, you only get one or the only other. Getting one or the other, correct. Yeah, okay, okay. And, and then I think another important service you give people is you make, uh, you can help them make their websites compliant with the, can't remember the regulation name, ADA? ADA. ADA, ADA and WCAG. Okay, okay. So just yeah. to say a little bit more about that for our listeners. Well, the 
ADA is American Disabilities Act, mm-hmm. and WCAG is Website Contorti- Consortium or something like that. Okay. I can't. I can never remember all the acronyms. There's too many right. of them. <laughs> but essentially, it's a little snippet of code that I put on your website. It puts a little icon, and you can pick where you want it, any of the six areas, mm-hmm. upper left, upper right, middle left, right, bottom left, right. And when you click on it, it opens up and gives the viewer, say they have uh, visual difficulties. They mm-hmm. can't see color change, uh, maybe okay. colorblind. Well, there's a toggle that will cycle through different settings for uh, the colors to make okay. things more predominant. Right. There's another right. one that, you know, text to speech. The TTS. Yeah. You know, you click that and it starts reading the website to you out loud. Um, the other one, I think there's eight different options in there. Um, Interesting. You can see colors in that, but you have a hard time reading small print. There's a button there to... Increase the font size. Ah, clever. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That's Another important. One, uh, a lot of fonts on some of these websites are really hard to read. Yep. You know, yep, lobster and something like that. There's a button that automatically flips it to a legible font. Legible font. That's good. That's good. That's very important. We, we're running out, out of time, Mark. So if uh, any of our oh, viewers wow. and listeners want to get hold of you, what's the best way to contact you? Go to your website or? Yep. Uh, the number two, gsm.biz. Okay. The number two, getsales.com. Say that again. Number two. The number two, getsales, one word. G-E-T-S-A-L-E-S dot yep. com. Dot com. Okay. And that's actually an example of a online store that I can build for you. Right. Okay. <clears throat> and then my primary site is MKW hyphen, hyphen or minus sign. Yeah. I N D dot com. Dot com. Okay. Now I'll put those on there. That's, that's great. So there you are to our viewers and listeners. And Mark has a lot of uh, services to help you improve your website and be compliant with these new regulations. So you have the contacts and, uh, can get hold of him. And that brings us to the end of another episode of our Yacking Podcast. We'll be back in a few days with another guest for you. Goodbye, everybody. Thank